Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? It's championship weekend for NASCAR in Phoenix. It's also the end of the road for live National Series races on NBCSN, as the network formally announced Tuesday that it will conclude programming on December 31st. Next year, USA Network will televise more than 25 live NASCAR Cup and Xfinity Series races and 11 exclusive weekends as part of more than 1,500 hours of sports programming that moves from NBCSN. Before we get to 2022, we'll preview the 2021 finales of the Cup and Xfinity Series on NBC and NBCSN. The NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship will be presented in prime time Saturday, November 6th, with pre-race coverage beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern, leading into race coverage at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. The NASCAR Cup Series Championship will be decided on Sunday, November 7th on NBC and Peacock, with a 90-minute edition of Countdown to Green at 1.30 p.m. Eastern and Green Flag just after 3 p.m. Eastern. NASCAR on NBC analyst and former crew chief Steve Letarte sets the scene for both series, starting with Cup's Championship 4 of reigning champion Chase Elliott and nine-time race winner in 2021 Kyle Larson from Hendrick Motorsports versus the Joe Gibbs Racing duo of 2017 champion Martin Truex Jr. and the best current driver to never win a Premier Series title, Denny Hamlin. The fan base this year has been delivered the, the four best. Um, you know, they're one through four in laps led. They win a lot of races, and I can make a reasonable argument how each of them could win the championship or what the weakness is of each four of them and their, their concerns should be heading to the championship race. Uh, so I think that's great. In any sport, when you get to the culmination of a championship, I think everybody just hopes that it's a great event, a great battle. And I, with these four drivers, I don't know how it can't be, right? Even if someone has an issue, there'll be three left to fight it out. So I expect that to be the case. And on Saturday, to have four different organizations with an opportunity, I think is pretty special. Um, and all three manufacturers rent, represented on Saturday. We don't have that on Sunday. So I think that's special as well. Uh, and Phoenix has proven to be a great venue for this event. And I, I, I'll, you know, last year they did a nice job as we started to see fans come back, but it was so electric at Martinsville. I'm really excited to go out to Phoenix and see a full racetrack of fans because as great as the sport is, as great as the uh, competitors are, the fans make everything special. And to have it back at full force is is really going to be a special weekend. Hamlin helped ignite the electricity at Martinsville after another Hendrick driver, Alex Bowman, got into him on his way to a fourth victory of the season, preventing Hamlin from gaining momentum and causing him to refer to Bowman as a hack. It's the latest drama between drivers that's played out on NBC's telecasts. NASCAR Hall of Famers, who followed their fathers into that institution, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Dale Jarrett, discuss how rivalries used to last longer, why they don't now, and why a return to short tracks like the 2022 season-opening clash at the Coliseum in Los Angeles could light more sparks. The rivalries that I remember, and DJ can, can talk on this a little bit, they lasted sometimes for years, whereas the rivalries that we have had over the last couple of decades tend to be shorter. Now the drivers don't, don't always become friends. They still may dislike the hell out of each other, but you don't see the rivalry continue on, on the racetrack like we used to years ago. I mean, that 
you know, the best example I think would be my dad and Jeff Rudine. They spent two years, I think, running over each other uh, needlessly at several times uh, that, that doing things that was detrimental to both of them. And uh, it was awesome. You know, I, even though I would be frustrated with dad at times for doing what he would do, it was still, it was still fired up the fan base, you know? So uh, that, that's, that's my take on it. Yeah, that's a lot of good stuff. You're, you're exactly right. And, and it does go back to the beginning of this sport, you know, with, with rivalries and, you know, back to my dad's time with Junior Johnson and David Pearson and, and Richard Petty. And, 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 you know, those things, as Junior pointed out, the, the one that were good lasted for a long time. And, and that was beneficial to the sport. And uh, we enjoyed that. You know, the thing that's about now is, is that, I think that drivers are a little more guarded because of social media and every move that they make being put out there for everyone to see every single thing, you know, they're totally under a microscope. So I think they're a little more guarded to let that happen. But for some reason this year in particular, seems like that everybody said to heck with that. I don't care what people might think uh, on the negative side of it. I've got to show this and this is who I am. And we're, you know, it's beneficial for us to see that, Let's just make sure that we don't tear them down for being who they are and showing us that and willing to, to show that. And, and I'll say that I think one of the reasons is is that there's two things, two words that, that come to mind that bring these type of situations, and that's uh, competition and pressure. And when you put the two together, when you have a competitive field like it is now that anybody can win, I realize Kyle Larson's won nine times, but still you show up you feel that there's way more drivers that have an opportunity to go win. And you couple that with the pressure to make the playoffs and be one of the four drivers here uh, this weekend racing for a championship, whether it's their first or trying to add to their resume, um, there's a lot of pressure. And especially to those drivers that didn't make it that are past champions. Because once you get to that level, there's nothing else makes you feel good about your season if you don't have an opportunity to finish off a season with a championship. So uh, this is great and uh, love to see it and, and fun to see it. And, and, you know, the thing is, is, you know, things are going to get said uh, and everybody's not going to agree with it. And there's always going to be two or three sides to everything. And let's let them talk. I would add one more thing that the two, the, the, the Chase Elliott, Harvick issues and the, what we saw this past weekend both happened at Bristol and Martinsville, two incredible short tracks that have always produced a lot of drama and a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of rivalries. And uh, you don't tend to get that at the bigger mile and a half tracks. The drivers aren't going to, to beat and bang and run over each other on those faster racetracks. And the sport in the, you know, back in the seventies and eighties had many more short track races. And we since moved kind of, toward a different style, a different culture with mile and a half and now leaning more toward road courses. And so as someday we may eventually cycle back toward the short track scene a little bit, we're likely to see a whole lot more rivalries and a whole lot more drama in the sport. When the NBC analysts were asked to pick a title favorite, Jarrett chose Larson, saying Larson's lack of experience running for a championship doesn't discourage him from his pick. It's going to be interesting how all of this plays out throughout the week as the drivers start talking more about it. But I, I still believe that Kyle Larson has to be considered the favorite. Um, I, I know that he hasn't raced for a championship like this before, but 
he he doesn't seem to let anything bother him. I don't think that I, he is so confident in his ability that I don't think the moment is going to be overwhelming to him as to what he has to go do. He has fast, fast race cars. He has a crew chief and a crew uh, and supporting cast that he fully believes in, and uh, he he knows that you know his talents are at least equal to anyone else, if not superior. So the fact that he hasn't won a race here yet, uh, I put to the fact that he hasn't been in the equipment that he's in right now. And, uh, you know, I know that he had pit road issues uh, here the first race this year, um, and I I think that he'll clean that up. And if he does that, um, I I think that he's the man that everybody has to beat and uh, that he puts his name up there with a championship too. So he's my pick to win this on the Sunday. Earnhardt Jr., who is known for deep, thoughtful answers, shares why attitude and mentality, more than just fast Hendrick cars, factor into his choice of Chase Elliott to win back-to-back titles. I feel like he's kind of, they've kind of found a little bit of pace over the last uh, little bit here. But remember last year when they uh, interviewed him about his uh, feelings, um, his emotions coming into the weekend at Phoenix. And he said something along the lines of, what an incredible opportunity for me. I can't believe that I have this opportunity. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm here to embrace uh, having a shot at this. And, I mean, human human nature in most cases, I think, would be for someone to sense overwhelming pressure, anxiety, nervousness, uh, maybe some maybe some fear. All these things would be difficult to admit, but I think everybody would feel some sense of that. And he seemed to have really none of that. He was like, "Oh man, this is great! What a, what an opportunity for me!" You know, I thought that was so amazing. And then he went out there and won. Uh, so, what you know, some some of the most elite athletes in sport can really program their brains, and they can sort of, you know, make themselves think the way they need to think and shut out or uh, all the anxieties and nervousness that I talk about doesn't even exist. It's not fake. It's not, it's not a, it's not a front. Uh, but some of the most elite athletes, like they, they realize it in their brain. They, 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 um, you know, they, 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 uh, imagine success and they will it into existence, you know? And I feel like maybe that's what is unique about Chase. So I just feel like I've, I can't, I know Larson's the favorite and I still think he is the favorite, but I've never never seen him in this setting. So I don't know if I can say he goes in there and wins it because I've never seen him, you know, in such a, you know, win everything kind of moment when, you know, we've never seen him in this situation in NASCAR. We've seen Danny, we've seen Truex. Um, I think Truex has the same sort of mentality as Chase, but I don't know if he has the same race car. So, um, That'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see what kind of pace both of the Toyotas have in practice and in qualifying. But you know, as far as uh, the the mentality and the, the attitude and personality, I think Chase goes in 
uh, with the best approach. Four years after winning his first title, Truex is the underdog. Latart wonders whether he can rally. This sport is is a very quick news cycle, and what Martin Truex Jr. and 19 car are going to show up because of the 19 car from the first quarter to third of the season, um, then he's going to be a tough battle. But if it's the 19 car from the final third of the season, it he just hasn't, or they, is better than he. Because I'm not sure it's a 2X thing. I'm not sure it's fair to analyze what the issue is. But the team, the entire 19 team, has not brought equipment or races or a performance that can match the other three. It's there. We've seen it. And we saw it in the spring. And Jeff Burton was very adamant all summer long that they better figure it out because they just can't continue to assume they can go back to what they had and what they ran before. Now, we did see some speed out of the 19 at Martinsville. Um, It was definitely a stressful last 50 laps for the 19 car. So I'm really excited. Things I never thought I'd say in life. I'm really excited to see some practice. Um, I, I, I can't wait to see the, the overall speed, pace, and demeanor of these four drivers in their office, behind the wheel. As Latart notes, NASCAR's had a run-what-you've-brung format for most of the season, and his former driver and fellow analyst, Earnhardt Jr., says more track time will allow for better storytelling. It should be a great weekend. We get a little bit of practice, which is going to be fun. I have missed practice as a broadcaster. The, the practice sessions and qualifying and all those things sort of help build the storyline. We get an idea really how to handicap the field and who might, who might have uh, some unique pace in those, those sessions. And, and without that, it's been a little bit more difficult to, to – uh, it's been more difficult to understand exactly what you expect to see in the race. And there's good and bad to that, but I've missed practice, so I'm excited to be there Friday and, and see, what's, you know, see what's happening on the racetrack. And um, – it's a, it's a, it's going to be a fun weekend. Looking forward to it. You can watch the Seoul Cup practice on Friday, November 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. And Cup qualifying will be Saturday, November 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern on CNBC. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. And find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T. H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.